Journey Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Listen, I know daylight savings times. I know we're tired. Listen, if y'all could remind me next time not to teach on uh, the time that we spring forward, because I almost made it late. Come on, I know I'm not the only one, right? That would have been bad if I didn't make it here on time, wouldn't it? But praise God that we're here in the house today. And Journey Church, I just want to say welcome. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause for being here today. I'm excited. Shout out to the Boynton campus and to those watching online. And and today, I just want to say, Journey Church, uh, just thank you. You know, two weeks ago, I came out here and and I shared something personal that my family uh, was walking through. And I just want to let you guys know that after we shared what we were walking through, and if you don't know what that is, uh, it's a long story, so you can go back and watch it online. Fake it, faith it till you make it, that message. But after we came here and we kind of shared our hearts with you, Journey Church, you guys prayed for us. And I just want to let you know, it just reminded me of this story in the Bible in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, where Elisha is with his servant, and he walks out of his tent, and he goes outside and sees all of these enemies surrounding them. So he goes back in, and he's like, Elisha, what do we do? We have all these enemies that are around us. So Elisha prays that the Lord would open his eyes. And when the servant goes back out, he looks around and sees a legion of angels just surrounding them and sees that there's more that are for them than are for against them, right? And I got to tell you guys, after we shared that last week, you guys prayed for us. And God reminded me something, Journey Church, that there are more that are fighting with our family than those that are fighting against our family. And we don't know what's going to happen, but here's what I do know. God opened my eyes and showed me that he is fighting with us and for us. Amen? Amen. All right. So, But today I'm excited to kick off this series called Worthless Wells. We're actually going to talk about the places that we run to to quench our thirst. And the title of my message today is, Why Are You So Thirsty? Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and ask him, say, Why Are You So Thirsty? Come on, turn to your second choice and ask him, why are you so thirsty? I got to wake you guys up this morning. All right, I might might have to have you guys stand up. We might do an exercise, but let's see how this goes. Okay, let's do this real quick. Now, you're probably wondering what is on this table, right? Come on, this is... This is called building thirst right here. You're probably asking yourself, what does Jose Cuevo, a gavel, chocolate, and a bottle that says Jesus Christ on it have to do with this message today, right? Come on, we came to party on this day. We got Jose and we got chocolate. We're going to be good. But here's the thing. I'm not going to tell you why they're here. Why? Because I'm creating a thirst. Hopefully you'll stick around long enough to find out why they're here. So, so the reason why we decided to do this series is because we wanted to talk about some of the places that we run to to meet our needs, right? So when we're talking about wells in this series, what we're really talking about is a place that we run to for comfort. It's a place, Journey Church, that you're running to to meet a need. So alcohol can be a well. Chocolate can be a well. Come on, Journey, what are some wells? What are some places that you run to when you're anxious or angry or tired? Shopping could be a well. Come on, watching the wrong thing on TV. Come on, I don't have all of them. You give me some. What are some things that you're running to, Journey? Ice cream, Ice cream could be a well. Come on. Target could be a well. Somebody, somebody's husband's like, oh, please, Lord Jesus, I do not. That Target bill is willful. 
Come on, we got all of these wells that we run to. And, and several years ago, somebody came up to me and said, hey, Junior, um, I heard that, that you had a problem with alcohol back in the day. And, and for those who don't know, I am in recovery. And actually, this month, March 28th, marks nine years free of drugs and alcohol. Come on, won't God do it? He will deliver you, right? But, but they asked me, they said, Junior, I heard you had a problem with drugs and alcohol back in the day, to which I retorted, I said, listen, alcohol and drugs was never my problem, it was my answer, right? When I was stressed, that's where I went. When I was angry, that's where I went. When I was sad, that's, when I was glad, that's where, when I just wanted a drink, that's where I went. Listen, alcohol was never my problem, it was my answer. Journey Church, what's your answer? What is the thing that you run to when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're sad, see, that's your well. So when we're talking about worthless wells, we're talking about the places that you're actually running to to meet a need. And see, here's the thing. The bad thing about wells is this, is that they make you more thirsty, don't they? Like you've never had one drink and say, this was the best alcoholic beverage ever. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> oh my goodness, this was the best piece of chocolate ever. I'm never eating it again, Right? What they do is they actually create more thirst in you, don't they? And they're actually designed to keep you coming back. So here are three things that wells do well. Number one is they work, don't they? Come on, Journey. If wells didn't work, why would you run to them? See, when you're anxious and you have that drink and you feel that, whoo, you feel better. It works. When you're feeling stressed and you take a puff of that cigarette and you feel that, it works. Now, I hope nobody walks out of my message right now because you're going to miss the whole point if you do, right? Somebody's going to be like, he said I could smoke cigarettes because it works. That's all I heard. And I'm going right now. Do not miss the point here. So the first point is this. Yes, it works. Wells work. That's why we run to them. If they didn't work, you wouldn't go back, would you? But number one, it, it, it works. But the second part is this. It weighs. See, wells are the thing that you run to that after you do it, you're like, I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I, I'm drinking this drink and all of a sudden I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to drink anymore. Or, or you went and you watched that thing that you shouldn't have watched and afterwards you're like, I don't, I felt good at the moment, but I just... The well is typically the place that after you do it will leave you feeling empty. So the reason why we run to them, Journey, is because number one, they work. But then number two, they, they weigh. I don't, I don't want to smoke anymore. I don't want I don't, I don't to run back to that relationship that I know I shouldn't be running to. I'm convicted about it. I don't want to go back anymore. And then the third thing they do is they wreck, right? At first, they work. Then they weigh, and after that, they wreck. I mean, they just start to wreck your life. At first, you ran to alcohol because you wanted to drink. Now you run to alcohol because you need the drink. At first, you ran to the cigarette because you wanted the smoke. Next thing you know, you run to it because you need it, right? At first, you ran to the relationship because it was fun. Now you run back because you can't get away. Another way to say it is another W, it wins, right? See, before you were in control, you got to tell yourself when you went to that place. But after a while, it wins and becomes your master. And see, you no longer have control over it. 
it has control over you. Does that make sense, Journey Church? Are you guys tracking with me? I, I want you to take a moment right now and ask God and say, God, what is my well? Come on, what is my well? What is that place that I'm running to when I'm anxious? Target, come on, somebody, right? When I'm mad, when I'm sad, God, what is that place that I'm running to to meet that need? And, and see, today, I believe what God wants to do is he wants to show you the right place to run to to meet those needs. Because see, instant gratification feels good at the moment, but it robs you in the future. Come on, who here knows instant gratification feels good at the moment, right? Come on, if I would have ate one Snickers bar and put on 50 pounds, I would have thought twice before I ate that one, you know? But it's progressively over time. See, some of the wells that you're running to are actually robbing you, not today, but in the future. And see, today I want to look at a story in the Bible about a woman at a well. You probably saw that one coming, right? Worthless well. A woman at a well that Jesus has an encounter with. So before we do, I just want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and our hearts to what he's going to speak. Amen? Let's do it. God, I just thank you so much for every person in this room. God, I thank you that, Father God, you are the God that loves us so much that you will meet us in our brokenness. And God, I pray that today, Lord, you would help us to identify our wells. God, I pray that we wouldn't be thinking about our spouse's well, our friend's well, but that we would look internally, God, and determine what am I running to that's actually hurting me in the future. Holy Spirit, fill this place and transform our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this story is actually found in John chapter 4. But before I dive into the story, I want to show you guys something. Can you put that map up there? So, so this is, it's the map. Uh, so, so Jesus is going from Judea to Galilee, right? Here's what you need to know. Back then, Jews and Samaritans hated each other, right? They did not, like a Jew would not go to Samaria for anything. They did not like one another. But in order to get from Judea to Galilee, you actually have to go through Samaria. Samaria is right there in the middle, right? So I will, there you go. So Judea to Galilee. People would go all the way around because they did not want to go to Samaria, right? So what Jesus did is instead of going all the way around, Jesus actually went straight through Judea or, or Samaria, breaking through a lot of cultural barriers. Why? Because he had to have a divine appointment with somebody. And who here knows that Jesus loves you enough that he's willing to break barriers to meet you in that place where you go and hide. Amen? Amen. Let's read verse 4 right now. Um, it says this, John 4, 4. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now, here's the interesting thing. The word Sychar is actually translated drunkenness. So Jesus went to the Samaritan village of drunkenness. Come on, anybody in here been to the drunken city? Anybody in here ever been in the city drunk? I mean, same difference, right? So he goes to this well in this drunken city to meet with this woman. Now, John 4, 6, it says, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Mm. And here's the thing, guys. They're in the Middle East. We live in Florida, so we know how hot it can get around noontime, right? Right? 
So this woman is going to the well around noontime when it's super hot. And here's the thing, why is she going at noontime? Like, when God, when he's writing the Bible through people, right, why do you think he had to mention the time that she was there? Was well, because it's actually significant, the time that she was there. See, back in the day, the women would actually go and get water in the morning because it was still cool. But this woman found herself there at noontime. And see, I'm going to paraphrase some of this because I love God's word so much that I don't want to give you the whole story. I want you to go back and read the story, right? Come on, anything you guys hear here, I always want you to go back and read it. But Jesus has an encounter with this woman and tells her and says, hey, go and get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus is like, you're right. You've had five husbands, and the man that you're living with right now is not your husband. So here's what we learn about this woman at this well, is that she had this reputation, right? And what I've learned is this, sometimes our reputation can lead us into isolation. Come on, sometimes the things that people are saying about you, your reputation, can lead you into isolation. So here she is in isolation at noontime by herself, sitting by this well, and Jesus comes and sits next to her, and they have this conversation. And here's where I want to park right here today, is we're going to read verse 13. Jesus turns to this woman and says this, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Come on, anybody who drinks of this will always be thirsty, but if you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. Now see, a couple decades ago, I used to go out drinking with my friends, right? So I would go to like Chili's or one of these restaurants and we would go eat and I would go and have some drinks and come on, if you guys don't know, I was doing good in business, so I was top shelf all day. Where are my top shelf people at? Where, where are my top shelf? Come on, I know it's church, come on. You guys are like, do I, is this a trick question? Is he trying to see who drinks in this place? I'm trying to have a moment. All right, but, but I'm just saying, so I was drinking top shelf drinks. It was the good stuff, right? I would go there and I would hang out with friends. We would have dinner. I would have a few drinks. It was all good, right? But then after a while, the thing that I was running to, the, the drinks that I was drinking started to taste a little bit better to me. And then I started drinking a little bit more. And as I started to drink a little bit more, it started to affect my behavior. And because it affected my behavior, less people wanted to be around me. So I found myself going back to these bars, right? And I started drinking more at these bars. But who here knows when, when you start running back to these bars and you start drinking more, man, we can't afford no top shelf no more. Come on, I had to transition to, y'all know where I'm going, well drinks. Who knows about those well drinks? Come on, that's that four for one special. When you drink well drinks, you don't care about taste no more, you're just trying to feel something, right? Come on, you know what, if you are drinking well drinks, you're like, four for one, I'm in. Why? I'm just trying to feel something, right? And then I started drinking more, and because I was drinking more, I started getting this reputation of the guy that drinks a lot. And because I hated that reputation, I would start to pregame, right? That means I would drink before I met with you, so you didn't judge me and tell me that I drank too much, right? So what happened is this reputation I started to build up with my drinking started leading me to isolation. Now I found myself drinking at my house by myself so people didn't judge me. And then I found myself going to bars by myself 
so people didn't judge me because my reputation started leading me to isolation. And it was in that place that Jesus came and sat next to me like this woman at the well and said, son, I know what you're running to. Come on, and I believe that Jesus wants to have an encounter with you today. And he's saying, son, daughter, I see what you've been running to late at night. I see the relationship that you're running to that you hate running to that's destroying you internally. I see that thing that you're doing in isolation that nobody knows about, your spouse doesn't know about, your friends don't. I see you in that moment, and Jesus loves you so much that he broke through barriers to come sit at a well with you today to say, son, daughter, I see that you keep running back to this, this water, this thing that's not serving you well, and it's actually destroying you from the inside out. So today, guys, I want to identify some of the wells that we run to, and I want to tell you the truth about them so we can find freedom over them. Amen? The first well I want to talk about is one of my favorites. Come on. What is it? Comfort food. Hey, chocolate, comfort food, whatever you want to call it, right? Who here knows that sometimes comfort food will make you uncomfortable, right? Come on, what can give you comfort in one season, because it tastes good, can make you put on 47 pounds in the next season and make you uncomfortable. You know what I'm talking about? So during COVID, I had put on 47 pounds by running to comfort food. It felt good in the moment, but what did it do in the future? It robbed me. Now here I was a few weeks ago, and don't laugh at me. I shouldn't preface with don't laugh because you're probably going to laugh at me. But here I was a couple weeks ago, and I had so much comfort food that I got a comfort stomach, and I was trying to put my shoes on. And y'all ever pull this move right here where you're like, oh, good. You know what I mean? And my kids was watching me. I'm trying to put my shoes on and stuff, and my stomach getting in the way. I'm sitting here trying to hold on. Hold, hold on. I got, to, I got to hold on. Hold on. You can't even reach your feet. Come on, talk to me, Jerry. Am I the only one? Like you put on weight and you can't even bend no more. Comfort food will make you what? Uncomfortable, right? So the truth about it is this is not a good well to run to because it may feel good in the moment, but it'll rob you in the future. The next one is this gavel right here. Come on, come on. What do you guys think this means? Judging others. Whoo, that's a well. Because what happens when you judge others, you feel good, right? People used to tell me I was an alcoholic. I'm like, I'm not as bad as that guy. See that guy stumbling over there? I'm good. I ain't even tripping, right? Made me feel good about myself, right? But the bad part is this. is you judge other people and you feel good about yourself, you're actually ruining relationships for the future because people don't want to be around the person that judges all the time. But, but here's another thing that happens. Is while you're judging the person, it's making you feel prideful. It starts to become a habit and you start to judge more. And then one day, you come against the person that you're judging yourself against, and all of a sudden, you see that they're better than you. Uh-oh. Now you're sitting here and you're like, well, you know what? I'm stronger. No, nah, they're definitely stronger than me. No, nah, they more fit. They more fit. Okay, that, okay, they got me on that one. But I bet I'm a better husband than they are, right? And then you look on social media and he just bought his wife a horse. And you're like, all right, well, all right, well played, sir. Well played. Okay. Well, go ahead on with your horse self. Okay. Well, I, but you know what? I bet I'm a better father. He works so much, makes all this money. That's why he can afford all this stuff. I'm a better dad than he is. Then you see him with his kids at Disney and he's, and he's smiling like... Like, for real? 
Like, not the fake smile that we parents do. Like, it's the happiest place on earth. We're just miserable. He is happy with his children. All of a sudden, you're like, this guy's better than me. I hate him. <laughs> right? So the downside is when, when you're judging and comparing, if you, if you feel like you're better than them, it creates pride in your heart, which is bad. But on the flip side of it, if you think that they're better than you, it creates insecurity. See, comparison is a trap no matter how you look at it. So comparison is not a good well to run to, right, Journey? All right, let's go to the third well. I was going to get to that, but I'm not going to get to that one first. I'm going to hit another one. Things that you're watching online. Uh-oh. This is a tough one. And I'm not going to spend too much time here. But the thing that you're watching online, they actually say that you shouldn't be watching. They actually say is more addictive than crack cocaine the effects that it has on your brain. And what happens is it actually robs you of intimacy in the future, and it actually changes the way that you see the person of the opposite sex. So is that a good well to run to journey? We gotta stay away from that well, right? Come on, the next well I wanna talk about is a physical relationship, right? Come on, physical relationships sometimes, it's like, hey, I'm not gonna marry them, but this feels good. That's why we run to them, right? These physical relationships. And my friend, Pastor Dan, I think says this the best. He's like, don't go for lust and miss out on love. He's like, see, lust is I want your body, I don't want you. Come on, I want your body, I don't want you. But see, love is I want you and I don't care about anything else. Amen. I want you and I don't care about anything else. Come on, let's stop running to this well of lust because it's not serving us well. And now my personal favorite and my last well is right here. Come on, somebody. Back in the day, people would be like, man, you need to run to JC, right? Now, when they say JC, they didn't mean Jose Cuevo. They meant Jesus Christ. Some of y'all still getting the memo wrong. You've been running to Jose, not Jesus. You need to run to Jesus Christ, not Jose Cuevo. Okay, if you can see, it says Jose Cuevo. Don't run to Jose, right? But here's the problem with Jose is that some of us are running to Jose to meet a need, and the problem is that over time, Jose starts to control us, doesn't it? And here's the funny thing about alcohol is doesn't it affect the way that you walk and the way that you talk? Have you ever been there? Hey, um, there's an officer. I know you're telling me to walk a straight line, but here's the thing. I can't even walk that sober. So what you're saying is you're drunk. No. What I said was, look out. And then you're trying to run, right? Come on. It changes the way that you walk and the way that you talk. And here's the thing. Jose Cuevo sometimes comes in clear liquid, right? But when you pick up this thing right here, this this Jesus Christ, come on, somebody. When you pick up Jesus Christ, guess what he does? He changes the way that you walk and he changes the way that you talk. Come on, 10 years ago, I wasn't who I am now. But this, drinking from the good stuff, took me from... Walking in shame to walking in victory. Come on, it'll change the way that you walk and the way that you talk. See, Ephesians 5, 18 says this. Don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. I don't know how much clearer I need to make this, guys. He says it right there. Don't be drunk with wine because it will literally ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we are back again with Jesus 
sitting with this woman at this well, and he says, hey, if you drink of that, you'll always be thirsty, but if you drink of me, you will never thirst again. So let me ask you a question, Journey Church. How do you drink Jesus? Right, like I just imagine this woman, like, how do I drink this person? Well, in order to know that, we have to go back into the scriptures, and we're gonna go to John chapter one, verse one. It says this, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Next. Verse 13, 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here's what I want you to do with me right now, Journey Church. Everywhere it says the word, I want you to replace Jesus, okay? So anywhere it says the word, we're going to read this together. I want you to say Jesus instead of the word. Are you with me? Let's do this together. Let's go back. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, and Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus is the word, and the word is Jesus. So now we're back at this well with this woman, and Jesus says, if you drink of this, you'll always be thirsty, but if you drink the word, you'll never thirst again. And I want to tell you, Journey Church, some of us, the reason why we're so thirsty it's because we're not drinking the word. The word is what quenches your thirst. Come on, the word is what will transform you from the inside out. See, the other day I was coming home from the gym and I was frustrated because I've been going to the gym about five to seven days a week. And as I'm going to the gym five to seven days a week, I ain't losing no weight. Come on, have you ever tried something and when it's not working, you get frustrated? I'm like, why am I waking up so early why am I working so hard if I'm not getting any results? Come on, Dre, have you ever been there where you're trying so hard towards something, but you're not seeing the result? And in that moment, God reminded me that 80% of it, as I've heard before, is diet, isn't it? See, 20% of it is workout. 80% of it is diet. So here's the thing. I asked myself, why do I spend so much time on the 20% when it's really the 80% that matters? And Journey Church, some of us today are frustrated because we're trying to become better. We're trying to be better Christians. We're trying to get our life on track. But here's the thing. You're trying is not helping. Why? Because 80% of it is not what you do. It's all about your diet. It's what you're taking in. So when Jesus says, hey, the word is what you need to take in, when you take in the word, it changes the way you live. Come on, some of us have been spending too much time trying to get there and not getting there. Here's the thing, Jesus wants to give you something better. I truly believe Jesus wants to give you something better today, amen? Amen, now just real quick, if you guys would just stand with me real quick, we're not, we're not ending, but stand with me real quick. I realize that uh, spring forward hurts a lot. And I seen about 13 of y'all sleeping. I, when I was at 12, I was good. But when I got to the number 13, I said, nothing. Jesus ain't even have 13 disciples. I ain't going to do this here. We're going to wake y'all up for a minute. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start a slow clap into a loud clap. Then we're going to sit. I'm going to end with my last story. Because if you get nothing else, you're going to get this story here. You with me? Come on, Journey Church. You're going to wake up today. Who wants to start us off with a slow clap? Come on. Faster. Come on. Go, 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 go. All right, you 
can sit down. You can sit down. <laughs> you are awake. Fantastic. So here we go, Journey. Jesus wants to give you something better. And here's my last story. So a few years ago, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. And my wife and I were going to go see Christine Kane at Elevation Church. For those who don't know Christine Kane, she's awesome, right? She's, she's, a, she's an evangelist. She's a speaker. She's great. I was excited about seeing Christine Kane, right? My flight was going to leave to come back to Florida at 7 p.m., or, or 9 p.m. I'm sorry, it was 9 p.m. So I'm like, I'm gonna get to see Christine Kane. I'm gonna fly home and I will be back in time to be at church for Journey. Now, in that season, I was flying standby. Right? My niece worked for the airline and because of her, I got to fly for free, which is amazing of a blessing, right? But the problem is if they run out of seats, you can't fly, right? So I had to pay attention because there was a few times where they had ran out of seats and I had to call my boss here at Journey and say, uh, look here, I'm stuck in Charlotte, so y'all ain't gonna see me Sunday morning. I apologize. And I'm like, you know, I need to be with my Journey family. So my niece calls me up because she works for the airline and she's like, Uncle Junior, here's the thing. That flight you're leaving out on is filling up. If I was you, I would choose a different flight and maybe go through Chicago. I said, no, listen, Melissa, you got to understand, I have to go see Christine Kane. Me and Mandy have been looking forward to this Christine Kane thing. Please figure it out. How many seats are left? She's like 10. I said, well, I'm going to pray because the Lord is good, and he's going to open and make a way because he's a way maker, and I'm going to get me a seat on that plane. About an hour later, she calls me and says, look here, um, that plane done filled up. <laughs> we need to find you another way home. She's like, Uncle Junior, I would recommend that you fly to Chicago because there's a lot of seats open on that, and then you fly home. I said, well, what happens if the flight in Chicago fills up? So then you're stuck in Chicago. I'm like, well, I'd rather be stuck at Christine Kane than to be stuck in Chicago. Decisions, decisions. So at first I said, I got to make it back. She's like, there's about 50 seats open on that plane in Chicago. I think you'll be good. So I tell Mandy, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry I can't make it. I'm really bummed, but I got to go. So I get to the airport and I fly to Chicago. When I get off the plane, I text my wife and I'm like, hey, by the way, I just landed in Chicago. How's Christine Kane? And she said, it's awesome. I ain't going to lie to y'all. In those moments, a lot of people, I mean, good gosh. Like, I was hoping she would have been like, yeah, you ain't really missing much. I would have been like, all right, that's what's up. I'm in Chicago. I'm in Chicago, right? I know I'm selfish for thinking that way. But when she said, it's awesome, I'm like, ah, I should have been there. Stuck in Chicago. So I go to the Chicago-style pizza place in the airport. I grab a slice of Chicago-style pizza. The airport pizza wasn't that good. I thought that was going to brighten my day. At least I could say I had Chicago pizza. It was awful. So now I'm sitting in my feelings, frustrated, running to the comfort food of that pizza and feeling empty. And now anytime they call your name, typically it means they don't have a seat for you anymore. They wanna take your ticket and it happened to me several times. So here I am, I'm sitting at the airport with an attitude. I got my headphones on and I hear over the intercom, Junior St. Val, would you please report to the front? To which I said, I hear him. Mm -hmm. 
I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going to take my ticket. Not today, Satan. Not today, right? I just, I sat there and the Holy Spirit convicts. So the Holy Spirit's like, you're a pastor. I said, but they don't know that. No, ain't nobody here from Journey. I could act however I want to act in this airport. I ain't even tripping. You, I have to make it home, right? I need to get back for Sunday. And as you guys know, that voice doesn't stop, does it? So the voice kept going, go see what they want. So finally with an attitude, I'm like, fine, Lord. If I don't make it to Journey, it's your fault. So I go up to the front and I'm like, yeah, I'm Junior St. Val. They're like, hey, somebody actually traded in their seat and we want to upgrade you to first class. I said, wait a minute, first class? She said, yeah, first class. Here's what you need to know, Journey. First class from Charlotte to Palm Beach is a short flight. They only give you snacks and drinks. I don't drink. It doesn't matter. But first class from Chicago to Palm Beach, they give you grilled chicken breasts, asparagus, them hot towels you don't know what to do with. I was sitting there like, what is all this? Praise the Lord. I'm using the towels on my head and stuff. Praise the Lord. Man, it was the best experience, the best first class I have ever flown on by far. It was exciting. I loved it. And then the Holy Spirit came back and said, Junior, what would have happened if you would have held on to the thing instead of giving it up? What would have happened if instead of listening to my voice and giving that ticket in, you would have held on to it because you wanted what you want? Here's what would have happened. You would have still made it to Palm Beach, but you would have missed out on a first class experience. And God is saying those things that you're holding on to, the wells that you're holding on to, the, the drink that you're holding on to, the porn that you're, the stuff that you're holding on to. He's like, here's the thing. If you're a Christian, you will still make it to eternal life. But you may miss out on a first class experience that I have for you here on earth. Are you willing to give it up? A long time ago, Amanda Martell showed me this picture and I think it depicts it very well. Can you put that picture up there? Jesus is asking you to give up that well that you've been holding on to. And you're saying, but I love it, God. I, I, I love this thing that brings me that comfort in this moment that you're asking me to give up. But Jesus is saying without revealing his hand, would you just trust me? Would you just trust me? Will you give up that worthless well for living water? Would you allow me to give you something greater? But it first come with a sacrifice. See, he didn't put it in front of them and say, here's the thing, if you give it up, you're gonna get this. If they would have been like, well, hey, Junior, can you come up for first class? I'd have been like, let's go. <laughs> but they don't reveal it all to you, do they? The thing that you're holding on to right now, God is saying, will you trust me? See, it takes faith to give up something that you love, doesn't it? But here's what I can promise you. If God is asking you to give it up, he wants to give you something better. So what I'm asking you to do is this. Anytime you get the urge to run to Target, unless you have to, anytime you get the urge to run to that thing you shouldn't be watching, anytime you get the urge to run to that drink to get drunk, not saying alcohol is bad, I'm saying to get drunk is, would you pick up your Bible and would you instead Go to the word, take in Jesus, 
and let him start to transform your life. Because if you drink of those things, you'll always be thirsty. But if you drink of his word, you will never thirst again. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for just how amazing you are. God, you broke through the barriers of heaven. You even went through Samaria. You even meet us, God, in the bars, in the clubs, in the bad places that we run to. God, you love us so much that you meet us in our mess. But God, what I love is you're the God who takes our mess and makes it a message. God, you are willing to take that thing that we're struggling with. And Lord, when we surrender it to you, God, you change everything. So Father God, my prayer today is for anyone at Boynton, anyone watching online, anyone in this room, that God, they would surrender that thing that you've been asking them to give up so you can give them living water and give them the first class experience that you've wanted to give them. It's in Jesus' name I pray.